Hello and welcome back to ESPN Scrum Reset. It's a bonus pod this week following the first test of 2021 here in Australia. Uh, a 23-21 win to the Wallabies in dramatic fashion up there at Suncorp Stadium. Um, Christy Doran is with me from Fox Sports in the 15. And Christy, I guess after all the build-up to the first test with the, the COVID interference and the changing of, uh, of the venue and various lockdowns and the French having to do two weeks quarantine, that we should have expected a dramatic finish, the type of which we got. But uh, it was certainly something extraordinary there at the death at Suncorp last night. They don't ever do it. I don't think easy do they, the Wallabies. Every time you think that they should be, you know, able to um, be more, con- have more continuity in their play, um, play with more confidence, play with more composure, they never do it. And unfortunately, um, this win, you wouldn't think that this win would mask the flaws because they know that the dead set got out of jail here. Had they lost, you know, I think the headlines would have been atrocious Wallabies, this and that. Fortunately, they, they get home in jail, the great escape. And now it's really a question of what, what next. You know, they've now got a win on the board. It's their series now to lose. They've set it up, fortunately. And, and France will be just heartbroken to have not come away with that because they did pretty much everything right, particularly in that first half. Yeah, they were by far the better team in that, in that first half. They, uh, they didn't get a lot of ball, didn't get a lot of territory, but capitalised on the two genuine opportunities they had there. Um, the uh, the turnover from the Wallaby scrum there, a butchered uh, little catch there at the back from from Harry Wilson um, for halfback, Jake, Jake Gordon, sorry. Um, and that created the opportunity. Uh, the Wallaby scrum got a hell of a lot better from then onwards. Um, and then again, the French uh, Villiers, that nice little set play off another scrum. Um, and they were up 15-0. Uh, fantastic start and, and certainly left the Wallabies there it all to do. Um, I think they got better as the game went on. Um, Dave Rennie in his halftime interview with Stan Sport bemoaned lack of accuracy and and execution. And they certainly came out with um, a lot more momentum there early in the second half, uh, chipped away, um, got that try obviously before halftime from the rolling mall, which the Dan McKellar's working, I think was obvious. Um, But Christy, what about a a rating then? Does the the final result and, and how it happened, does it, it probably checkers over some 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 pretty poor failings on the, on the part of the Wallabies there, and um, it's pretty hard to give it more than a than a five out of ten, maybe because they got the win and they found that way to win, which they weren't able to do last year in those two draws against Argentina and that first Bledisloe uh, over there in Wellington against the All Blacks. The fact that they found a way to win, even though with a huge leg up from the French, has got to count for something here. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I think what we had heard. Michael Hooper speak about legacy and wanting to play for the generations to come. I think we probably saw that towards the end that this was a, um, there was more composure at the death. We saw Tanya Latupo and Tate McDermott make great fists of it coming off late. And we'll talk about them more later, but uh, yeah, the, the performance was, was mediocre. I, I had people messaging me. I'm sure you did too uh, right throughout the game going, this is terrible. Why did you convince me to watch this game? Um, we're watching MasterChef. My girlfriend has taken over. Um, the, the opening 20 minutes was absolutely atrocious. And that's, the, that's the, the long and the short of it. I would think that the performance is, is a four at most. Um, you know, they were poor at nine, not particularly great at 10. Matt Tamur was hardly cited. Um, and, and Tom Banks um, really struggled again. And, and the clock is really ticking on Tom Banks, um, his career. Uh, at test level. We know that he's 
um, at Super Rugby, a competent player, but we, we've seen him run with confidence, kick with confidence at Super Rugby level, but we've never seen that at Test Rugby. And that's the unfortunate thing because he's a nice bloke. Um, players like playing around him, but you know, Test Rugby is not for the, the faint-hearted, is it? And, and But who do you turn to? And that's the simple thing. You know, if you've got Kirtley Bill in the country still, thanks, Kirtley, come on in. But that's not the case at the moment. So maybe you're scraping five, I would probably give it a four. Yeah, Tom Banks, um, just, I think he's a confidence player um, as much as anything. He missed that that uh, kick for line there from a penalty early on. Um, we know he's quite good at those. It does it all the time in super rugby level, but perhaps tried to chew off, uh, you know, five or 10 metres too much there. And, and then we saw a, a couple of poor kicks throughout the game, um, a couple of dropped high balls. There was a fair bit of indecision. I thought when the Wallabies were bringing the ball out, the French exited very well, uh, very competently. And, and that's something, an area I, I really believe the Wallabies need to improve. Um, but let's look at the halves then. Uh, Jake Gordon and Noah Lolasio, um, clearly playing together for the first time. Um, Jake Gordon rushed, you would probably have to say, back from injury. Um, deep serious knee injury there, suffered midway through Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, um, was able to shake it off, originally thought it was an ACL and an MCL, and sorry, was then downgraded to just an MCL, and, and he made mention of that in the build-up. Um, the big thing for me with Jake is that he's a running halfback, yet he did not run last night, and on a number of occasions, there was space there between that A and B defender, that one and two defender, however your rugby team describes it, um, and he just never looked like taking it. Uh, it was just, whether it was the game plan or just a lack of confidence, perhaps, that he was underdone, Christy, I'm mm. not so sure, but I, that was one thing that really stood out for me. Yeah, I, I, you can't disagree with that, and that's one thing that Tate McDermott, when he brought, came on, he was immediately just popping out a halfback and just making the defenders either side of the rack, as you say, the A or B defender, just second-guess themselves, and it worked once or twice. Harry Wilson, that combination, you could see that. But, yeah, you're right. I think Gordon was underdone. I also think that the game plan was all around Hunter Paisami. You know, the Wallabies like Hunter Paisami. Uh, you know, I think Dave Renton, he actually made mention upon announcing his side that they prefer him at 13. I can still see him shifting to 12 at some point in time because... I think he has to if he's going to be the crux of the game plan. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, if your if your if your game plan's around a 12-13, well, of course you you're not gonna. It doesn't uh, allow for a halfback who's just playing his second second game in the number nine jersey. We've got to remember that he might be he might be an experienced Super Rugby player, but this is his second Wallaby start. Rushed back from injury, probably didn't participate in the first half of camp, um, and it's certainly not at, at full. Um, speed and operation and cop uh, and confidence, but you know the, the the decision they they have to ask themselves now is: Do we fall back into the trap of the Michael Checker era, which was chopping and changing right throughout your career, um, his his tenure? And we know that Genia and Foley, um, Genia was overseas for twenty sixteen, and he came back. Uh, in 2017, but we know that, that particularly in 2019 and 2018, there was a lot of chopping and changing between the halves and it didn't work. We, we need these guys, I think, to build confidence together, build continuity together, combinations. Like there was no combination between 9, 10, 12 and 15. You know, Matt Tamu has hardly played with Tom Banks. 
Um, Matt Timmel's hardly played with Noel Olaseo, and Jake Gordon's never played with Noel Olaseo. So it was always had that, well, let's see how quickly these guys can combine together. We just probably thought that, hey, they've not been in quarantine. They're not bringing a, a seaside out. But we've essentially picked a team that, that's playing for the first time together, and, and we saw that on uh, on Wednesday night. The big question, do, do they pick and stick? And I think that they should. Yeah, it's uh, only five days until the second test, uh, or five days prep anyway, six days before it's played at Amy Park on Tuesday night. Um, you get the feeling, uh, I think the earlier reports, that they'd come through the game pretty well. And, and Dave Reddy even said in his, his post-match press conference that he thought a number of guys would play all three games and do it quite easily. So certainly happy with the conditioning of the team. Um, what about set piece, Christy? Uh, BPA, uh, we know he can be shaky on the line out. That certainly worried me going in for the most part. I thought he hit his targets pretty well. There was one key line out throw there just before half time, I think. When I the Wallabies were given a penalty and had one final chance to attack, and he, he overthrew that, and the French were able to kick the ball out. Um, we mentioned the scrum earlier. Uh, certainly off to a little bit of a shaky start with that with that poor trap at the back from from Harry Wilson. And I think actually the first scrum penalty of the match was awarded to French for to France, sorry, for, for James Slipper collapsing. But they certainly seem to have the wood on the French up front. Um, managed to earn a few penalties there from Brendan Pickerel. Uh, and that got better as the game went on and, and we saw the impact that Taniela Tupu made uh, coming off the bench. Yet again. Um, so on that front, I think it was uh, 100% scrum record apart from, you know, that that failed trap that we mentioned and, and seven out of eight line out. So a pretty good return there. Mm. Yeah, you're not wrong. And it's it's always been exciting knowing that Dan McKellar's going into that team. We've got to say that McKellar doesn't actually run the, the scrum at the Brumbies. That's been done by Dan, Dan Palmer this year. I forget who, who did it the previous year. But McKellar has always had a reputation around the moor um, and around a really strong operation at the line-out. We saw that. Um, we saw a little bit more composure at the moor as well. Yeah. You know, in the previous couple of years, they'd splintered. Um, but we saw the confidence of going for repeat um, kicks to the corner. And then we saw, obviously, Brandon Panger and Mosa score with a really settler um, just before half-time. Yeah, I think, you know, no, the big the big question is, I think firstly as well, Angus Bell was great off the bench. That's the second or third time he's had a really telling impact off the bench. And it won't yeah. be too long before he starts pushing James Slipper in the same way Taniela is, but Alan Alalatoa. But with, with Taniela, we've seen him now, what, have about 20 test matches. He's, he's started on a handful of those and not once has he ever really, with the exception of Wellington last year and Bledisloe won where he was pretty strong starting, he failed to back it up. We know that the All Blacks really put the pressure on him. He coughed up um, turnover possession a couple of times. I love seeing Canula come off the bench. I wouldn't mind him coming off the bench at halftime um, or even in the minutes before halftime because if a, if a prop is injured, you're allowed to replace them. Um Taniela has that ability to damage a scrum. We know that the French and oppositions are hanging on that by that point in time. Bring him on, let him run amok um, and wreak some havoc. The, the other thing is that, you know, we get obsessed by people that start. Um, Eddie Jones really um, invented the, the finishers term and, and what Taniela is doing is, is playing with so much confidence coming off the bench 
Um, but we, we saw the Springboks in the World Cup in 2019 really just completely have, what was it, the, the big boppers or the um, the bomb squad it was. Yeah. And you'd see the entire front row pretty much replaced at half time. There's no reason why the Wallabies can't adopt similar sorts of things. Alan Alatoa is a competent player. He needs to start, I think, bossing it a little bit more and going, no, I'm a I'm an experienced player. I'm a captain of a Brumbies team. And I actually can put some big hits on. We need to start to see that. But we also need to see a game plan which encourages the forwards to what they did at the end, which was phase play, multi-phase play, and not having to just shift it from the first or second play every time and then therefore exposing your forwards. What about the back row, Christy? Uh, Rob Valentini's a guy we've spoken a lot about on this podcast this year. Um, and I must admit that I thought he had a quiet game. And then just wrapping up my coverage last night for ESPN, I went and checked the stats. And I was amazed to see that he actually ran for the most metres of any forward on the paddock with 32 from 30, 13 runs, um, which was just checking back again here now, is uh, was three more than, than Harry Wilson, who was 10 for 23. Now, is that a measure of we expected, we come to expect so much of him in, in Super Rugby this year that we were probably thinking that he was a guy who was going to run for maybe 50 or 60 metres tonight, sorry, last night, um, and be really destructive uh, with ball in hand as he was. Um, but those are pretty good numbers really in the test arena. And, and that was, you know, the kind of performance that we'll need to see more of from Rob Valentini. And if he's doing that and, you know, we're thinking he had a quiet game, then, then what it's, what's it going to be like when he has a big game? Yeah, you're not wrong. I would be leaving him there for sure. Um, players need time sometimes to grow and develop. You know, not everyone's going to have a Caleb Clark performance, but we know when Caleb Clark had his run on debut start at Eden Park, it was that perfect game. It was unstructured. There was poor kicking from the Wallabies. What we saw last night was the Wallabies loose forwards couldn't really get their hands on the ball because when the Wallabies forwards finally hung onto it, they were doing pick and drives close to the line, um, close to the French line, but they just turned over possession and kicked it away from first plays anyway when they were, when they were on halfway or even in their own um, half. So I don't think the game facilitated someone like a Valentini to hit the fringes, hit the, um, the angles and those little holes. We saw Harry Wilson do one or two of them, but I think these guys need a little bit more time. The game didn't suit that style of rugby, and that comes from still the Wallabies halves, just having a bit more voice, a bit more presence, thinking about, you know, they don't need to play off Hunter Paisami every play and turn it turn it over. Um, we've risked, and we saw last year, the six continually changed the blindside flanker between Samu, Valentini and Lockie Swinton. We just need a little bit of, oh, I think, yes, it wasn't a great performance, but the only way is up. Unfortunately, what a victory does, it's a, lot, it's, it's a bit like the old cricket, um, the Shane cricket team. When, when you're winning, you don't really change the side too much and it allows players to grow. Finally, the Wallabies get a win, which they probably shouldn't have, and that's why I think they need to just go, cool the Jets for a moment, um, and, and, and pick a pretty similar team. I'd love to see those, the, the tight five, just own it a bit more. You know, there's a, there is some size there, but we've, we've seen for years now this, the Wallabies side not really own a forward pack and not really dominate. And that's why I think that they need some, there's, there's some experienced players in there. Let's keep it a bit tighter. 
Yeah, they'll be better for the run too. Um, Christy, we know, let's, if we look a little bit further forward, to beat the All Blacks, you've got to take absolutely every opportunity that comes your way. And and the Tom Wright missed try is exactly that kind of opportunity. Um, and the Jake Gordon forward pass to, to Paisami, yeah. Exactly. The two, two moments there that, you know, they, they've got to absolutely nail if they're going to be really contending with, well, let's face it, this isn't France's first choice team by any stretch of the imagination. So... It's going to be a mighty step up later in the year when the rugby champ, or certainly the Bledisloe Cup, and then the rugby championship rolls around. Now, Tom Wright in particular, uh, he was there, um, maybe just held off that one bounce too long rather than diving on the ball, which we know can be fraught with danger, but he's a winger. It's his bread and butter. He's got to finish that moment. Yeah, not wrong. You go, I, I can't really add to that. It, 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 what, what you like to say, though, is the build-up. Um, I... We've seen it in a trend in England do it a little bit as well, having all the backs going oh, to rolling more. Just you know, the Brumbies have done it because they've they've had a really good tight five that's allowed them to get over, um, create some momentum. But Test rugby is different, and you don't often see it work. And no. and what it does is expose the men outside you. Pasami had two men outside him. In the end, a heck of a decision to put it on the left foot. And we saw him go to the left twice and both times with good kicks, including in the 78th minute when there was little on and they ended up getting a line out 35 metres out. But good kick. We saw it against Argentina. We saw Paisami do it with Pattaya earlier against the Brumbies in Super Rugby. It's just about the execution, isn't it? And you're right. You've got to take those. And, and, and what it creates is this anxiety if you don't take those opportunities, because in a game like that, where a one score difference is the difference between winning and losing, you've just got to take those. Absolutely. So let's look ahead to, to Tuesday night, Matt. You're, you're not in favour of wholesale changes. I can absolutely see your logic around both uh, Tenula Tupu up front and certainly uh, Tate McDermott there as well. Uh, Jake Gordon probably, you know, well, we admit he didn't have the greatest game. Um, he'll be better for the run and perhaps with a few little, you know, a little bit more confidence in that knee of his might look to challenge. What about Darcy Swain though? I know it was only a, a short little stint. Um, would you be tempted to perhaps rotate the locks there? Matt Phillip or Lucan Salakai Loto? Um, both were, were quiet, but pretty solid, you'd have to say. Yeah, I think pretty solid. Once again, I don't think it was a game that helped them out. Um, I think if these guys come up pretty fit and um, happy, you, you, you roll with them again. And then that third game, um, you, you might consider bringing in a Sitaleki Tamari who's got that experience. Um, and there's only that's going to be the short turnaround where I think it's only three or four days, four days it might be. So that's where I think you do it, the third match, where you make a couple of changes. Um you, you tell me, like, if James O'Connor is fit, great, sure. And then you mate, and if you really desperately want to start James O'Connor, yes, I think you then do start Tate McDermott. But, but what an opportunity now for Australian rugby to build the depth at 10 because now that they've got a win, they're not chasing their tails. They've got um, Tate. Uh, we know that Noah Lolaseo is one of the future players, but... We don't want him learning on the run against the All Blacks. We want him to have two or three games of starting against France so that if James O'Connor, who is very injury prone, if he's not right to play the All Blacks, who do we turn to next? We're not debating a, a Reese Hodge stopgap measure once again. We're going, no, we have confidence in Noel Oseo to start. And therefore, I think 
you do start with Jake because even though he had a poor game, McDermott is a small bloke. I don't think you can keep having small nine, small 10, small 15. We know Paisami is not particularly big either. It became comes too samey and it becomes a bit too much like the Reds when they have Hamish Stewart at, at 12. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe Bryce Hegarty at 10 or 15. It's You, you need some different physical statures, sizes, I think, in a, in a back line because it just becomes too easy to pick off them. You know what they're doing. What, what would you do? Would you, like, I know that the casual supporter will say there needs to be changes, but, but, but I just think it would be deja vu if we do it. I think that you're spot on. I think you've got to back this team to say, look, guys, you've, you've pulled one out of the fire here, but let's demand a, a much higher quality of performance and, and let's set this game up in the first half and control it this time around. The other thing with James, as you mentioned, they're injury prone. Do we, how fit do we know he actually is? We saw both Jake and probably Matt Tamura as well. You'd have to say not at 100%. So let's say an 85, uh, an 80% James O'Connor comes back in and suffers the same issues that those guys did uh, on the weekend. Um, on the flip side, you get to give Noah Lolaseo another game, perhaps not quite so in the pressure seat, the pressure cooker environment that he had in the Bledisloe last year. Um He's now got another game under his belt at number 10. He's got the familiarity of playing with Jake Gordon and can perhaps look to stamp his authority on the match a little bit better than he did. Look, he didn't make any grievous errors. Um, um there was, might have been one or two kicks that I would have judged him potentially yeah. pretty and he, dropped, and he dropped a And he dropped a pretty easy kick reception. Um, but you know, that's, that's nerves. That's not a player who's poor. That's just nerves. On, on the whole, he, he, was, he was pretty solid. So, yeah, let's, um, you know, I, I tend to think that's exactly how Dave Rennie will go. Um, I think he'll stick with um, the team that did the job the other night there and, and hopefully wrap this series up in Melbourne on, uh, on Tuesday night, 2-0, and, and then return to, to Brisbane. And as you say, Christy, that then opens up the opportunity for you to perhaps throw a few other guys from the squad in there in that third test in Brisbane on that shorter turnaround. Um, let's go, mate. We better have a score prediction then for Tuesday night. I think the Wallabies will be much better for it. We saw them bomb two tries. Um, we saw French get a fortuitous try to begin with off Harry Wilson's toe. Um, and then we saw a really bad misread probably from Jake Gordon where he, where he just overcommitted to the, to the ball handler and didn't see, you know, didn't track um, Villiers. On the inside, uh, yeah. It was a beautiful ball and it was a good passage of play. And you also wonder where Tom Banks is positionally there. He was defending on the wing, but it, it surprises me that you don't have a fullback from a, um, a set piece play 35 metres out. That's just asking for trouble, I think. But um, that would be better for, I think, they should. I think they should win. They should progress. The French don't have the depth. We saw that the bench from the from France is where they probably lost it. Five uncapped players. Um, how much more they've got, I'm not sure, whereas the Wallabies have a lot more. So I'll go the Wallabies by 10 points. But, you know, with this team, you don't have a hell of a lot of confidence. So I'm just hoping they stick with a similar team. Yeah, and that's it. It's all about building confidence. And this should be a team that goes on and wins. You know, I agree, sort of 10 to 15 points down there in Melbourne on Tuesday night. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for joining us for this bonus edition of, uh, of Scrum Reset. We'll be back again on Wednesday morning to wrap up test number two and, and hopefully a, a far better Wallabies performance. 